Welcome into the DMVR Broncos podcast, uh, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Of course, get over to DraftKings Sportsbook, get in on all their awesome promotions, including great ones when you use the code DNVR when you sign up. Ryan Konigsberg here with Henry Chisholm coming to you from Studio, I'm going to call this Studio N, as in not in Denver. That's the one we both have in common here. Uh, Yeah, that is true. You're still, you're in Steamboat, right? Yes, yes. How far is that from Denver? Um, Three-ish hours. Okay, so that's not that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a quick drive. We hit a little bit of traffic on the way up that kind of slows you down. It's like if you hit no traffic, you could probably get here in two and a half. But mm. it's just that, that distance of like, it never feels too long. Like there's nice little checkpoints where you're like, oh, yeah, we got to this point. We're halfway there. Yeah, that's nice. Montana, I guess there's direct flights. I'm still worn out. We were just blowing so much stuff up last night. It was pretty crazy. Went to a fireworks stand, just all sorts of different things flying up in the sky. It's uh, There's literally nothing better than the 4th of July. Mm, okay, so th- here is uh, my take on this. Uh-huh. Brad, we're starting off the pod with something we'll probably disagree on. So yesterday, great uh-huh. 4th of July uh, up here. Had, you know, went fishing. Played, uh, had family Olympics. Uh, you're looking at the ch- one of two champions, Allie, behind the uh, the computer is the other champion. So congratulations to us. Woo! Um, good job, good job to us. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that it didn't include, lot, uh, you know, we had lots of lots of drinks, lots of fun. No fireworks, huh. and uh, I realized not needed, not necessary. Oh, I feel like goodness. the um, the 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 cons far outweigh the pros at this point. That's the thing, though, is that in Colorado, there are cons. There are no cons here. Like, there's <laughs> there's nothing that can go wrong. Like, there's no laws uh, against it. Like, th- this house was literally flooded two weeks ago. Like, I live in a rainforest. Nothing's going to catch on fire. Like, you can just shoot whatever you want. We had these three little tanks, lined them all up against this castle firework and made a little war. Yeah, all sorts of stuff go up in the sky and exploding. One mortar just about took out neighbor Mike's. So that part, okay, so I guess, could have been a con. But see what I'm talking about here? <laughs> it's so much fun. Just like two hours, just things blowing up. How how are your pets doing during that? Well, two of them ha- are deceased and in their respective urns on the mantle, and the cat was hiding for the whole thing. So I mean, the pets okay. pets are, actually neighbor Mike's dog Jill came over for a minute, just happened to turn around right when the fireworks are going off. And I mean, they were saying like, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. Like she's fine with it. She loves fireworks actually. But then when you start them like three feet behind her, she hated that. So there was that one incident. Yeah. See, I'm, uh, you're proving my point. I feel like I don't, I I rest my case, your honor. Um, You missed out on a lot of fun. Ooh, (laughs) I got video of me with a sword. There's a sword. That's like a sparkler. It just shoots fireworks out the end. Just incredible. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm just saying, like, I feel like the cons outweigh the pros. Again, I would say there are no cons, except that you, dog got a little bit scared for just, a second. You just uh, described, like, multiple cons <laughs> while trying to make a case that there were no cons in man. The cons are the fun. Like, you're not trying to blow things up to not feel a little bit of adrenaline. Like, that's the point. Like, if the thing doesn't tip over and point at you every once in a while, then what are you doing? Um, when I was a kid, we just straight up had Roman candle wars in my friend's backyard, yeah. like just light them up and aim them at each other from like 
30 yards away. Yeah, we had uh, we had well, there's two different ones. There's like these rockets that shoot out. I know mean, they were bottle rockets, but they said like you got to shoot them out of a tube at a 75 degree angle. So we just had a lacrosse stick propped up down there, just firing those things out on the golf course. You feel like you're pretty um, pretty good at like a 75 degree angle. Like you've got that lined up pretty well. Yeah, I know. Like I know I know the big ones, right? Like 90, <laughs> 180. Kind of like the the famous ones, 270 is a big one. A lot of people talking about 270. But yeah, then like 75, you just kind of work off those others. The starting point is actually what always gets me. It's like 75 degrees from where. It is funny, though, kind of because it kind of reminds me of when you're talking about um, like golf and someone's like, oh, yeah, it's just like a 75% swing. And like everyone thinks that they yeah. can do that. But then I feel like every time I ever try, I'm like, oh, that was definitely 90%. Like. 75%, that's difficult. It is, it is. The other fun part is, like, the, the sun goes down so late here. Like, it's still kind of light out at 11. So you have, like, the, the, the sunset, like, up above everything. And just everywhere you look, there's just people shooting off fire. People in northern Montana love fireworks. But then you just wind up with this just smoke all over that whole golf course out there, just coming from all different directions and fireworks popping through at the sunset. Not probably great for the environment. I'm not the expert. Uh, it doesn't look oh, good, did but... you just un- uh, uncover another con? Yeah, I think I found another con here. Mm. But how They're so pretty and so loud in a fun way. We haven't even talked about veterans yet. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah I don't think you have a defense for that one. Yeah. it's uh, This might be, it seems like around here, the veterans I know like neighbor Mike, I'm pretty sure is a veteran. He loved him, but I uh, that's that's one veteran. There's plenty of them around. That's fair. Quickly, we gotta get to the down. super chat, which is a quick one, but a um, expensive one. So thank you, Michael, for uh, chipping in twenty bucks Thanks, for simply Michael. just let's go or let's ride and go Broncos. Let's ride. Uh, all right, Hank. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for uh, a little BS here as we're opening up. Yeah. Um, you said you were going on a big bike ride through the park oh um, i did see that you went on a big bike ride through the park yep. um give us a quick breakdown of uh, of the experience so the big news of the day was there were no animals um you got, you got zero the, animals none which is wild and like you finish up it, it was raining earlier wild. in the day then the thunderstorms are, i know right like what are they doing i got i saw one marmot i saw one marmot he was like just kind of skittering up a hill um but when we got up to the top or at least not the top top of the mountain but where it's blocked off now because they still have to clear off the rest of the road of the snow um the somebody else got up there like five minutes later and said about a mile down there's a bear and just got scared ramping a tree and so on the way down you know you just kind of slow down a bit and you're looking for you know the the bear in the tree but there's so many trees i didn't see the bear um, but yeah, I mean, cool big mountains. We we were in that cloud at the end, which is kind of trippy when you can't really see anything, but you just know there's thousand foot cliffs everywhere. Mm, that does. Montana's really brought out a bunch of adrenaline so far, and it's a lot of fun. That they could call themselves the adrenaline state. That actually, but see, the thing is, you don't want to market it too much because right. there's already too many people everywhere. You gotta call it, also, it like the. It also goes along well with like all the drugs that people do up there. Yeah, meth everywhere, guys. Don't come. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So let's transition from um, your bad takes to uh, someone else's bad take. 
There was a take that surfaced. I'm sure many of you have seen it. I'm not going to say who said it. Um, essentially saying, because Russ was in London with Sierra at Wimbledon, mm-hmm. enjoying their time. And make sure you keep in mind right now, the Broncos are 100% off. They are doing nothing right now. This is like the basically the one 45-day period where they don't have anything going on. So Russ is in London with Sierra, and the take was if the Broncos sputter out of the gate, this stuff is going to be cause problems or it's going to be um, problematic. Uh, and and um, I, I don't even know how to pop properly like respond. What is exactly this stuff? Like Russell Wilson being a celebrity, I yeah, I feel like that's exactly what it is. Maybe maybe it's just like being a celebrity somewhere other than America. Like maybe maybe the line, like I don't again, this is not me saying it, uh, but maybe like the line is somewhere off the coast on both sides, and it's like yeah, you can stick around America. Maybe you can get down to like parts of Mexico, and that's acceptable. But as soon as you go into Wimbledon and all that sort of stuff, well then then you're just distracted, and not thinking about football. Yeah, that's pretty weird. And, and uh-huh. the weirdest part to me is like I've never heard this. Never heard uh-huh. this take about any like Peyton Manning was doing this type of stuff. Now Peyton Manning's wife isn't also an international superstar. That's and so true. I feel like that's why you didn't see quite as many like photos of it. Mm-hmm. But like people like Russell Wilson and Sierra are like a top five, top ten power couple in like yeah. American celebrity. Apparently um, internationally now, too. Right, exactly. And so, right, I mean, Russ is out there in the streets of London, you know. Um, so that, I feel like, changes this. There's more photographs of them. Um, but I never heard anyone say, like, oh, man, Peyton Manning. Like, Zach and I used to joke that, like, Peyton Manning had every single day of his year scheduled on January 1st because he's always out doing stuff. He's always, he's yeah. never just at home. He's always doing something. And no one ever complained about that with Peyton. Um, you never hear this with like Tom Brady and his wife is a, a superstar. Um, like you don't see people saying like, what, what is he doing at the Met Gala? You know, like no one cares. That's so true. this is one, this is one of the worst takes I've seen. And it's just like, it'd be one thing if, this was training camp and they had an off day mm-hmm. and he like shot out to London. Maybe you're saying like, okay, that's going to be much. tired of practice. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can make some sort of, but this is their off time. They can do whatever they want. Like, like Demarius Thomas and Demarcus Ware went on like an African safari one time during this time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's, it is the pure off season. And I just, I just wanted to like back up my take here. So I reached out, uh, to a couple players, and I just said, like, what is your reaction to this take? Um, and the first one I got was, he legit trains every single day, no matter where he's at. Uh, he'll be ready to roll. And then the other w- response I got was just, what a tool. <laughs> yeah, those add up to me. I mean, <laughs> it's true he trains, because wasn't the video from the day before him somehow finding a football field in the middle of Europe on the edge of a cliff? And he brought his helmet and shoulder pads with him. Like, yes. it's not even like he's out just flinging a ball around. Like, he's fully geared up. I don't even think Peyton practiced in pads that much. No, no. Yeah, the fact that he brought his Broncos helmet, like, in his <laughs> luggage. 
those guys can afford extra bags. It's true, but like, I don't know. Just the the idea of trying to pack a helmet in a bag is funny to me. Yeah, or uh, like, maybe he went carry on, or maybe like one of the the security guys. You know, sometimes they like randomly check bags, like dig in, and it's like, oh, a Broncos helmet and shoulder pads and three footballs. Like, what is going on here? It is just a wild thing to be flying internationally. It it really is. And so yeah, he went out and found like the most beautiful field ever. Um, to practice on then. Then yesterday I saw him um, doing drills with future on like a tennis court in some, maybe it's there like on their property that they're staying at, or they just found someone else's. So like or maybe own who's to say <clears throat> the thing is like, um, we kind of talk about how no one can really complain all that much about like the way Nathan McKinnon does things because he's doing it more than you know no one watches their diet more than nathan mckinnon no one trains harder than nathan mckinnon no one is more of a perfectionist than nathan mckinnon and i feel like that's the same thing here like no one on the denver broncos is questioning russell wilson's work ethic because he works harder than everyone and he's at the facility before everyone and he is you know it'd be one thing again if they felt like it was getting in the way of him his preparation but aside from that which everyone a hundred percent believes in his preparation there's no leg to stand on here wasn't wasn't cam newton practicing like touchdown celebrations or something back in like 2014 i think it was right before his mvp season or maybe it was during it i think it was before and people were upset about that like why aren't you focused on playing football you're focused on all these little dances just like what a what are we doing here? There's time for both. There's plenty of time for both. For sure. And that's that's one of like the lamest things that comes out is like um, people complaining when athletes do anything other than practice mm-hmm. as if anyone in the world only ever does their job. Like it's it's especially when athletes are struggling. If you go look at their comments on like Instagram or Twitter or whatever, it's like, you should be in the batting cage or like you should be practicing on like there's 24 hours in a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Imagine how how many hours could you study a playbook before you just like aren't getting anything anymore? Like if you spent five hours a day reading the playbook after two months, would you just be like, yeah, there's really nothing for me to do here anymore. It's like three hours a day. I'm not sure. I mean, if you're asking me personally, I'm not yeah. taking anything in after about 30 minutes, and that might even be uh, uh, stretching it uh, a bit. I'm going to need, like, a coffee break, um, a Twitter break, um, you know, so, like, probably 30-minute intervals for me. But I feel like even the person who is the best at this, maybe four hours. But also, um, Russ said he already has the entire playbook down. As he should. Like and even like super smart. Even like Jerry Judy said he already has the whole playbook down. So it's not like studying the playbook is a thing you can do right now. So wait, Jerry Jerry said that Jerry has it down or Jerry said that Russ has it down? Jerry said that Jerry has it down. That's a good sign. I like hearing that. Yep. Yeah, so at this point it's like workout in the morning is basically all you can do. And maybe at night too. Maybe. But like these guys' bodies go through so much during the season. I feel like they should probably be going pretty easy on them right now. Another thing that I saw was somebody saying, like, 
yeah, Russell Wilson is looking a little bit tanky right now, which isn't necessarily something I disagree with. But some Seahawks fans were chiming in saying, this is what he does every offseason. And then over the course of the season, like just because he's doing so much and running so much and playing so much, that weight just comes off of him. Yeah. That sounds sense. wild. That's what happens to Nikola Jokic. Like, yeah. at least it's what did it, it earlier in his career. Now he just, like, stays in peak condition at all times. But I remember early in his or like, early, even just, like, three years ago, he came in and you're like, whoa, Yoke's looking pretty big. And then uh-huh. by, like, the all-star break, he's back to looking much smaller. Yeah. Uh, is I wonder how much Jokic runs in a basketball game versus, I guess it'd really be versus Russell in a practice because – there's like one game a week versus four games a week in the NBA, you know? You don't, I mean, I guess when you're scrambling, you're running around in a, like as yeah. a quarterback in a football practice. But other than that, you're not really running that much. I just think it's, you know, you're training, then you're practicing, then you're playing on Sundays. Like it's just eating your, good food, right, which he's exactly. not eating bad food now, but like you're really locked in. Um, someone said, I've noticed Russ isn't drinking alcohol so, uh, much. So that's huge. It does make you wonder. Like I can tell you the Avs aren't following that off-season plan. <laughs> and they shouldn't be. I'm not either. I was thinking about this real quick, not to derail too much. But like they only they only get a 3-month off-season. So It's crazy. What at what point do they do they have to like go back into at what point do they have to turn into next season mode? I mean, what? The first preseason game is like September 17th or something. Yeah. So they've got I mean, you maybe maybe you get to drink through the first week of August, and then you have like um, five weeks to really cut down to get into preseason shape. So they and basically that, get, yeah. that'd be tough to do. So they basically get a six week bender, and then they got to reset. Yeah, and maybe that's me, what it is. Something to, something tells me they're not stopping. Uh, it's tough to imagine right now, but you know, you always think like, oh, they won the cup, they want to celebrate that, and yeah, that's part of it. But also, I mean, there's teams that are already two months into their offseason, more than two months into their offseason. Some of it's winning the cup, but another piece is just like you have the shortest offseason. You got to pack it all in into this tiny little stretch here. And like, like, give your body some rest. They're like going harder on their bodies right now. They are. The other thing about Russ, though, like he picks everything we see. Like there's very few things that come out that aren't coming out from him you know there's like pictures of him at Wimbledon that somebody else takes and publishes but that's him at Wimbledon like it's not like it's him in like a private time or anything so if we don't see him drinking alcohol that doesn't necessarily mean he isn't I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't like he seems like kind of guy who would you know it's Russell Wilson I don't imagine him just getting hammered every night but like he but like to your point yeah, like to your point, like Dalton Reisner's the one chugging beers at the Avs game to get the fans riled up. Like Russ is just waving the flag. Exactly, because that's his image, and he's picked right, all this right. up. We see him walk down the runway, and we see him throw footballs around like once a day. And those are those are the two things that come out, and we don't even know like the proportions of those two things. Like what else is going on behind the scenes? So you do have to remember he is he is controlling the narrative. Oh, a hundred percent, as he should. Um, he he's in control of everything, including the team, and they're uh, they and I guarantee you they do not care. Now, <laughs> we talked about how like Russ having his own office. 
Um, yeah. That, to me, that's like more of a story than Russ went to Wimbledon. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you could say, like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of disconnect here. Um, like, his celebrity and his power is so great that there's a divide. It just definitely has nothing to do with what he's doing right now. Totally. Yeah, that's a... There's a, there's a lot more meat on that bone. There's a lot you could dig into when it comes to The Office. When it comes to him going to Wimbledon, it's like, yeah, sorry, sorry, Teddy Bridgewater and Trevor Simeon weren't going to Wimbledon. Maybe they had it right. Also, the person who said that will be the only person trying to make it into a story if the Broncos yeah. <laughs> stumble out of the game. <laughs> That's absolutely true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I said everybody be saying this. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, still no one... Still just you. Yep, I called it. <laughs> I will say the Baker Mayfield, and I assume this is where he's coming from, the Baker Mayfield mm-hmm. commercials thing backfired. Yeah. But, but again, like, I don't think it's because of the commercials. I don't think he was focused on making money off on the side or whatever. I mean, he's having to be a bad football player, and there were a lot of companies that made some really bad bets on who was going to be able to sell – like car insurance or whatever else he was doing because he was doing a lot of them. yeah is that are those the ones of him in the stadium or those progressive ads I, they might have been state farm oh i think you're right yeah but he's um, everywhere doing commercials see how like, effective advertising hulu? is on us he had hulu um, right he did have hulu yep yeah that was a big one for him because it has live sports they do see that one worked that did work you just pick one sentence and say it over and over and over again i actually Huh. Tempted to look into that. Uh, the <laughs> their package that they offer. Yeah, I wonder because I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm no longer a Pac-12 guy, so I don't need to pay forty dollars a month for Sling to get Pac-12 Network. So I'm kind of a TV free agent. Ooh, can I interest you in Ivaca TV? Nah, I think you can. <laughs> uh, that's actually a perfect time to tell you about Ivaca TV. Ivaca TV. Um, not only do they have the Avs and the Nuggets, they also have the Rockies. They also have the Rapids. And, you know, there, there are regional sports networks out there that are packaging their own thing, which is like just one team, maybe two teams yep. at over $35 a month. And I'm just thinking like, man, those those fans need Ivaca um, because Ivaca there, like I said, has, you know, five teams if you count the Mammoth. Um, then you get the Broncos games as well. So the only one, no, you're getting every team in Denver. You're getting every team in Denver when you sign up for Avaca TV. And the best part is the price is $25 a month, which is a hell of a price. But you also get $10 off your first three months when you use the code DNVR when you go to Avaca.tv slash DNVR. So check them out. Get that package. Um, it's a it's a hell of a deal. Okay, I'm sold. Um and also, while while you're watching those games, put a little skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, and that's especially true this summer when a lot of us think that the action might be kind of slowing down a little bit. Uh, with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. Uh, You can pick baseball games or MMA or golf or any of those other things that are going on. Um, Darts, if you're into darts. uh, Ooh, 
hot dogs. Uh, but uh, with same game parlays, the spreads, the money lines, over unders, props, you have so many options there. And uh, it's safe, it's curable, or secure, it's reliable. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code DMVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKingsSportsbook.com slash details. Uh, also, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. A quick shout-out to DraftKings because um, I – withdrew some money the other day i was you know uh, having one of those weeks um and it and it was one enough to pull out a withdrawal henry my withdrawal hit my account in under 10 minutes it's crazy like it feels so good that was the yeah that was the big thing like back in the day if if by chance i had been using offshore sports books one Who of my would? complaints would have been it's really hard to get money back from them. Like yes. you have to like, you got to like send them all this information and then like, they've got to mail you a check. Uh, and then you got to take the check to the bank and all that's like, this is crazy. I literally was just like, I would like this money. And then they were just like, okay. Within yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, maybe I should take it more. I took some out because I think we made some of the same bets on the avalanche, yeah. but uh, I just took a bunch of NFL futures. And it feels so good right now to know, like, yeah, I've just got units and units and units in bets already placed on this season. And who knows if Derwin James is going to be the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. But if we're three weeks away from the end of the season and he's got 10 picks or something, I'm going to be pretty happy that I made that decision. Yeah, absolutely. That, it is fun to have the futures. I used to be kind of anti-futures. And then I, like, won Nicole Jokic for MVP two years in a row and – you know, Kale McCarr for Con Smythe and all that stuff. Now I'm like, oh, yep. this is actually really fun. Um, also want to remind you guys, we got our DNVR golf tournament, our second one of the summer. We, we're going to have three this summer uh, coming up August 7th at City Park. I'm so excited for this one because it is 10 minutes from my house, and that is the best. And I assume there's a lot of you out there who it's probably within 10 minutes of your house too. So uh, August 7th is the day. Uh, I believe it's an 8 a.m. or 7.30 a.m. shotgun. It's a scramble, so get your team together. But if you don't have a team, you can also sign up at the uh, at uh, dnvrlocker.com for just one. You can just sign up as a single, and we'll pair you with some other DNVR folks. Um, very good chance that you will end up becoming friends with them because you have something in common. At least one thing, yep. And then we also ooh, have ooh. Denver Sports and Golf. And DNVR. And DNVR. Three. So three. Um. We also have our little uh, mini golf uh, night coming up, which is going to be really fun over at Rhino Country Club in, you guessed it, Rhino. Um, yeah. It's an awesome spot, which is essentially just like a bar with mini golf. We're all going to be hanging out there all night. It's 10 bucks. I think that covers your first drink as well. Um, so come hang out with us there. That one's a little bit of a lower barrier to entry. And at, the reason we're doing these events, especially right now, is because the bar, of course, is closed for renovations. Um, it is crazy. I don't know if you've been in there, Henry, since – have you been in there since after the night they won? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was in oh, there yeah, we did the pod. Yeah. Wednesday, yeah. It is crazy just seeing everything, like, empty. Um, and now it's already flipping around. Really? Um, tomorrow we start building back up. So that should be fun. I still don't know almost anything about what this is going to look like. I didn't even know we got more offices in that building up until at least I go put that in that office. Um, but 
uh, I'm really excited to see what this is going to look like. At this point, it's like you're you're probably just better off not knowing. It's like if you go to a yeah. movie and you've already seen the preview, it's you're like, oh yeah, I, I know what's coming here. Um, whereas if I like to go into movies without exactly. seeing the preview and just everything is a surprise. Yes, ex- that is exactly it. And some people don't understand that. They're like, oh no, it's a movie about this guy who like he he goes and tries you're to like, rob. And it's like, no, I don't know if this is gonna be funny. I don't know if this is gonna be scary. I don't know if they're gonna go to space. I don't even know if this is like right now or like I don't even know 20, 50, 100 years ago. Who's to say? Yeah, if you just sit down, you don't know where it's going. That's the best. I've legitimately been like, I've agreed to go to a movie with someone, and mm-hmm. then they like pull up YouTube and start trying to show me the preview, and I'm like, yes, it's the worst. <laughs> Why would I want to see that? No. I already told you I'll go to the movie. Like I'm already exactly. in. Exactly. My first one like that was Twenty One Jump Street, where. Like it was one of my one of my friends' dads was like, Yeah, we should go see that. And I was like, I don't know what it is. And he was just like, You'll love it. And I was like, What happens in it? And he said, I'm not gonna tell you. I feel like you should just go and see it. Just trust me, you'll like it. I was like, Oh, okay. And I went. It's 21 Jump Street, which is hilarious. Yep. And I had no idea. And so it was just perfect. And ever since it's been, yeah, I don't want to know anything. Like if it, if a preview for a movie comes on, I'll, I'll I might close my eyes, look away. I, dude, I will legitimately scroll through Netflix. And not even read the little excerpt. Yes. I'm just like, I think this one's going to be good. I've heard of it before. And then I watch it. Netflix would have really taken off if they would have had better movie titles and pictures and things. Yeah, you think that uh, that was their downfall? Yeah, I think that's why they didn't make it. I think they need live sports. Oh, I do like those. Ooh, I'm, we're watching that uh, 30 for 30, that Avalanche 30 for 30 tonight. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I know. I'm really excited. Everybody keeps saying great things. I think it's going to be incredible. Hell yeah. Let me know. I, I actually haven't okay. heard really any reviews about it, which is kind of weird. Yeah. I, the day it came out, people were hyped about it, but then I haven't seen much. Bill in the comments is saying you got to watch 21 Jump Street, the show. Okay. The, the OG. Okay. I don't know. Again, like I'll turn that on. Could it be from the fifties? Potentially. Could it be from right before that movie came out? Potentially. But yeah, I'm I'm in. All right. Um. All right. One one other thing we wanted to talk about, which I'm excited to talk about, because I I think we're gonna disagree again. Um, oh no. What do you think, Henry? Is the ideal split for the carries for the running backs this year? <sighs> That's a big question. And I mean, there's, there, I feel like that's one that has a sneaky amount of nuance to it. Like you, you ask the question, you're like, ah, well, how about 50, 40, 10, 50 for Javante, 40 for Melvin, 10 for Boone. And then you move on. But then you have to like, look at the actual numbers and remember that like they had 203 and 203 last year. Could they each run the ball 220 times? Potentially like they just might run more plays. So it's kind of a tough I feel like I feel weird putting a number on it to start, but what I'll say is this: I think Javante should have start slightly more than Melvin. I don't think we should see any from Mike Boone. I'm curious whether Russell Wilson is poaching carries or if those will just kind of add on top uh, of your typical running game. But like something like 53 to 47 feels like it's probably the right sort of range. 53 uh, Javante. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe even more, but not by much. 
I have never been a fan of even splits with running backs. Huh. Um, I especially hate it in college when they're splitting it like three or four ways. Uh, and the weirdest part about this, Henry, is if you talk to any running back at any level ever, they will all tell you the more they carry the ball, the yep. better they are. And yep. they will all tell you it takes them a little bit to get in their rhythm. And when I see things like last season when they're just alternating series um, and sometimes alternating series, like no matter what happened on the series before, that makes me want to pound my head into a wall. Like it just makes no sense. Running back is as much of a rhythm position as any position in football for sure. Maybe even any position in sports. You know, I think of like basketball and shooting and stuff. And obviously that's a big rhythm thing. Right. Yeah. You know, that stuff, rhythm is so important in a lot of sports. But to me, it's like the the rhythm of a running back is maybe the most important part of their success. And so when I see a guy hit a rhythm and then I see another guy come in and replace him, it just makes no sense to me. I think why coaches do it is from a load management perspective. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking of like, you know, if you're a Super Bowl contender, you're thinking of 20 games, 21 games. And you're saying like, okay, well. Javante might be eating right now, but if we give if we give him you know thirty carries today, we we're gonna have to cut him down next week. Yeah. So I get that part of it, but I if it was up to me, I would want nothing nothing uh, less than sixty forty. Uh, and and to me that at least allows one guy to establish himself as I am the guy, and I don't have to worry that every time something goes wrong, they're going to give the other guy the ball. Um, To me, I think it's really important. Like you can't be looking over your shoulder in in the middle of a game wondering like, okay, well, if I try to bounce this outside and I end up losing two yards, am I going to be out for the next series? Um, And I think that's what happens when you go that close Mm -hmm. to 50, 50, but I have no confidence that the Broncos are going to do that. And I don't even think it's going to end up being 53, 47. I think it's going to be just as it was last year, an almost exact 50, 50 split. And I've talked about this a lot. Every time we talk about Melvin Gordon, I say this Melvin Gordon is one of the most consistent running backs in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, when we talk about a, a, a stat like yards per carry, it can be so misleading because there are guys who get 20 yards on one carry and then one on the next four carries. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to end up looking like they have a really nice yards per carry. But when their coach is calling plays, they have no idea what to expect. Um, and especially for an offense like the one the Broncos are running, it's so important to stay on schedule. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like if you have second and nine, you can't run a big play action fake out of outside zone. Um, because you're just, it's not going to be nearly as effective. Uh, yep. And one thing Melvin Gordon promises you is that on most carries, he's going to get three to four yards um, at least. He gets very few negative runs, and he also doesn't pop a lot of crazy big ones. But he's so trustworthy in the sense of just, okay, if someone, you know, something happens in the backfield, he's going to be able to make a quick cut move up field, fall forward, and now you're second and six, and you're so much more comfortable than if you're second and nine. Now, I'm not saying Javante can't become that guy, but that's that was his big problem last year is 
while he had the big, awesome, you know, tackle-breaking runs, he also had a lot of in-between there where it was, you know, underwhelming. And he ran into the back of an offensive lineman and, you know, the play never got out. So because of that, I hope that Javante becomes that guy and then he just takes the whole thing by the reins. But until I see it, I have to believe that Nathaniel Hackett is going to have a little bit of a crush on Melvin Gordon for keeping that offense on, on schedule. Yeah. I I think that that adds up. I think, I think last year the coaches got too caught up in the split where it's like, what, what, what numbers do we want to hit? Do we, do we want to be 50, 50? Okay. We want to be 50, 50. And they kind of worked from there. What you want to do is use the guys at what they're good at, you know, and not worry so much about what those numbers wind up being at the end, but realizing that, you know, when, when you're in the red zone, especially inside the, the 10 yard line, you probably want Melvin out there. You, you, that's just makes sense. That's what he's good at. Again, he'll get you four yards. You get four yards three times from the 10, you're in the end zone. So that's a nice threat to have. Yep. When One of, if not the best red zone running back in the league since he came in. Totally. Totally. And with Javante, you know, Javante is a tough one. You almost want to play Javante more when you're playing a bad team. You know, yeah. when, when, when you just think that exactly like when you think that he can just break a bunch of tackles and get the end zone, you know, we keep seeing the highlight of him against the Ravens. That's a good defense. Like he'll do it against anybody. But when you play the jets, if you want to throw Javante out there and let him just eat 200 yards up, that seems like a good strategy. You know, as, as receivers, Melvin is better, but we also haven't seen Javante for what? Six months now seven months now. So who knows what he is there? So I wonder if there's more, more snaps that Javante could take on third downs. Maybe not. But they drafted him. They fully believed he had very, very high upside as a receiver. Yeah. I mean, if he has the hands and and is able to get open, like everything else should come really easy for him. And the other, I mean, the big thing is the, the scheme change where Melvin with that vision, he he's going to be just fine. At the very least. And I think there's a good chance he even levels up a little bit. With Javante, you know, one of the questions... I don't even want to say a question. It's not that Javante has bad vision. It's that he's really, really good at a bunch of other things. And his vision wasn't tested all that much last year. And so when you start running all this zone stuff, is does he get a bit of that kind of Saquon mentality where he's always looking for the big one? And he's always trying to to find the cutback and and then double cut back and then see if he can break it for thirty. Those there are some questions there, and so you might want to see him run more of the power stuff. If they're going to do that, I'm not, I'm not sure how exactly. I guess maybe more inside zone than outside zone with him, which might make sense. But these are all the things that the coaches have to decide, and they get to go through their practices and see what they're good at, and then week by week figure out what they can do and who's going to be good at it. And I hope that that's what they're doing instead of last year where it felt like, oh, last drive was Javante. So this drive is Melvin. Next drive is And it, that's not coaching. That's that's like you you have a spreadsheet or something. Right. That, oh, God, that was frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I think at least one of the games where Melvin had a costly fumble, like Javante was having a great game. And it was like, what are we doing here? Yeah. Um, if somebody's hot, you got to ride them and you start there. A hundred percent. And again, that's always going to be the elephant in the room with Melvin. Um, But, you know, every time I bring that up, Zach brings up, what what did he have, four last year? Four fumbles? Three. And, okay, he had three fumbles last year. Yep. Two for Javante. 
Exactly. They weren't nearly as loud, though. <laughs> no, and that and that matters, of course. Like yeah. you have to have an even higher, you know, sense of ball security the further into the game you get. But mm-hmm. that being said, you know, it, is it hard to imagine Melvin going from three to one? Not at all. Three to six also on the table. But yeah, I think yeah, the... I don't actually think six is on the table. Like at four, right. you get benched, right? You're benched. Yeah, maybe even cut. if you're losing them. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I, the other piece is that, you know, I, I, Broncos fans, you know, outsiders, they see Javante as like this young, fun, new toy that you got to feed and see what he turns into and see what he becomes. Whereas if you're coaching the team, you just say, we have two good running backs. We aren't saying, oh, we have this 22-year-old and this 28-year-old or whatever, and so maybe we want to ride this guy a little bit harder. You go into the week and say, we have two really good running backs. We have no reason to try to feed one over the other. If anything, they might be thinking, take the workload off the younger guy so we can ride him even longer. Melvin's on a one-year contract. Get something out of that. And so I do Coaches think... don't think about that at all either. They're just thinking, what gives us the best chance to win? Yeah. And, and what gives you the best chance to win could be either one of them, but you got to figure out who's going. And honestly, sometimes you wonder if they're both just going to do what they do. And so it puts you in a tough situation where you got to say, when do we play these guys? How do we split it? But it's, it's, it's better to have two good running backs than to have Javante and, you know, say Melvin's gone. It's just Mike Boone who could be fun, but then, you know, it's 70, 30, You'd much rather just have those carries be eaten up by a better back, even if it means we don't see so much of a running back who I, I think a lot of people expect to to be a pro bowler someday. Yeah, and the crazy part is the time when you probably are most worried about staying on schedule is at the end of the game, and that's the time that you're most worried about handing the ball to Velvet. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, you look at that group – it's like on the offense, the, the running backs are better than the offensive line. Running backs, I think you'd have to say, are better than the receivers. You probably give Russell Wilson the edge, and you definitely put the running backs over the tight ends. And so you have these little complaints, but the truth is you got two running backs who they're, they might be at the exact same level. Like I think the question is just whether Javante leveled up a little bit, but, but you look at them and, I mean, what 203 yards or 203 carries for both of them 918 yards for Melvin 903 for Javante Melvin probably with a couple more definitely more out of shotgun uh, which might open things up a bit like two exact same level running backs and if either one of them are in like you're in pretty good shape yeah absolutely um all right so you're at 5347 i am at 5050 even i mean give or take five carries um let's make sure we revisit this after the year to to know uh who was closer i know and to be honest it's gonna come down to like oh you know melvin missed the chiefs game last year you know so the the snap counts for the season it was 514 for melvin it was 491 if you don't include that game for javante but if you include that game it's 551 and so like it's it's gonna come down to just availability at the end of it i think yep all right henry how much money have you spent on stanley cup champions things (laughs) i've spent so much i actually (laughs) i i had a tire issue with my car 
So which, you bought a Stanley Cup champions tire? No, so I haven't been able to drive to buy as much as I need to buy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have so much more coming. I mean, at the parade, I was buying off-brand hats. Um, uh, I was buying an off-brand hey, shirt. Hey, got that bucket hat. Yeah, we got a couple. Um, we we uh, I picked up like our our Stanley Cup shirt the night came out. I was gonna buy a couple of those for my family because I came up to Montana. We got a few of the hats, the the official hats. Oh, come up yeah. here. Got a few of the official shirts because you know again the family wants. I've I've lost a lot of money. Probably everything I won on the Stanley Cup to be honest. Oh, that's a good point. So yeah, as as everyone knows, I like like weird shirts. Uh-huh. Um and Allie was just on Etsy the other night and like there are so many weird Av Stanley Cup shirts that people are just making <laughs> themselves. Um so I dropped a a clip there. Um you, ha- you had to get a little bit of official gear. I'm I don't know if this is like a direct mm-hmm. side effect of us making stuff like this which is just so much more dope than the official stuff. Nope. Um but like I don't really like official gear that much anymore. It's terrible. Uh, I have very it's little really for any team. But I did have to get like one official shirt, so I got one exactly. official shirt. Um, and I just like I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. Is is what I was getting at here? Like the budget, I, I didn't set a budget for this. It's just like as much dope shit as I can find. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you got there? Well, I'm wearing. I think this is the. Let's see. Okay, there we go. New... The ni- 1998 Broncos championship oh, shirt. Blowing out our eardrums. Oh, no. I was yelling in the mic again. Um, But, yeah, uh, 1998 championship shirt. I bought that two years ago. So this, I mean, 20 years from now, you're still going to be buying stuff from this championship. <laughs> That's so true. Championships yeah, never go out of style. Stop. Championships never go out of style. That's why you got to check out our friends over at FOCO, uh, which I'm yeah. told is not a direct um, – relation to fort collins that is important is that's important to me um they have all sorts of stuff over there uh from shirts hats accessories uh collectibles like bobbleheads i don't know if you've seen them but they have like every player holding the cup as a bobblehead which is pretty sweet um and like again th- these things are just you'll have them forever and it'll never stop being cool um so head over to our friends over at foco and that's foco.com um, we also have the link in the YouTube description, uh, and you can use the code DNVR for 10% off all of their awesome stuff. Um, I'm, I'm, I've honestly been scared. I just don't know like how much money I'm going to spend there. Yeah, I, yeah, it's true. I actually haven't logged on since the championship, so I haven't. It's kind of a new me when it comes to buying stuff. Right, right. <laughs> And it's funny because, you know, the winning a championship is already expensive in its own right in terms of going to the games. Yes. Um, now, now, it did pay us back a significant amount over at DraftKings. Um, but it then did. it just, the, like, the, the costs don't stop. It's like getting a hole-in-one, like, you know. Yeah. It happens. It's the most expensive you gotta... thing you can do on a golf course. Exactly, exactly. It's wild, winning a championship yeah. is the most expensive thing you can do as a sports fan. It's totally true. And uh, if you've been um, drinking a lot of beers that have been bad for your teeth, I'm not sure if beer is bad for your teeth. I couldn't really decide. Could be, right? Like, If you drink right. enough of anything, it's probably bad for your teeth. That's fair. If, if you've been so busy you haven't had time to brush your teeth during this Stanley Cup final run, <laughs> which I know I have, uh, the, the, uh, the Green Mountain Dental Group is the place to go. 
Uh, I feel like they should have some sort of sale for this. We got pitch it on them. Or it's like, uh, we could, no, we're rebranding this actually. Because of the Stanley Cup, you can go to Green Mountain Dental Group and get a free Sonicare toothbrush with a uh, cleaning x-ray and exam. It's an awesome special. And we, we <laughs> love spending things because of the Stan- spending money because of the Stanley Cup. This is going to be another one for me. Get down to Green Mountain Dental Group. Um, it's a family-owned dentistry. They've been a partner of ours for Ever. longer than I've been here. And I've been here like five years. So a very, very long really? time. Like you had a Green Mountain Dental ad on your first podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, absolutely, yeah. I think they've been around for a while before that. That's crazy to think about. But huge uh, Denver sports fans, as you'd expect, if they're advertising here, you go in there, you, you chat about um, the the Stanley Cup. They'll say like, "Yeah, go abs," and you'll have things in your mouth. They'll be like, "Oh, go, go," and it'll be awesome. Um, go down to Green Mountain Dental Group and schedule a cleaning X-ray and exam. Give free Sonicare toothbrush. There you go. They're calling it the Stanley Cup Smiles Special. That's okay. That's that's very good. Yeah, I couldn't come up with anything better. <laughs> I, I'm sure you couldn't. Um, all right, let's jump into our comments here. From the listeners, I gotta pull them up. This is—I think I said this last time. This is one of those things that, like, just why Zach is such a unsung hero. Like, he always already has it pulled up. I don't know how he does it. Um, I don't think we have it. We did hit the one super chat we had, so we can jump right in here. Do you have it up, Hank? Uh, the one super chat? No, or the comment. No. I don't have the comment. Cogliano right, just resigned. Oh, let's go, Cogs. I. Jeez, I'm having some technical difficulties here. Someone help me. Yeah, things aren't really loading for me either. All right, I got to do it on my laptop. Okay, I'll try my phone. (laughs) I don't know why I can't load anything right now, especially considering I'm on this stream with you. Yeah, unless this is just the two of us talking. That would actually be pretty funny. It would be funny. Okay. Just Allie watching. <laughs> how are we doing, Allie? How are you feeling about this show? Meh. <laughs> That's great. Oh, we have one comment. We have one comment. Um, it comes from Official Fink, and it says, Since Hank asked, when I found this hotel auction, I was a pizza delivery driver. I had a run in the Marriott in Phoenix. The auction was happening in the lobby. I was the only person. Wrote down $20 for each of the two baseballs and won both, presumably the only bidder. The proceeds went to some sort of charity. I'm glad everyone got it up now, except me. I still can't access it, so that's a a problem. Is this the right uh, podcast, or is there another one? This is it. This is the one. Um, And we're just talking about hotel auctions still. Um, I know this has been a two-weeker. I kind of wish that... I would have had the same opportunity as official Fink, but all of the things that I saw had like $150 minimum bid. Uh, it, it, so we haven't heard any stories about this except for in Phoenix mm-hmm. and wherever you were on the East Coast. Yeah, Washington, D.C. I'm still not sold. Hmm. What do you think? What would you need uh, to be convinced of this as a reality? Uh, I need... I need this. I need stories from at least two more states. One of them has okay. to be in the Midwest, and three more people. Okay. All right. So we're gonna drag this on probably for the rest of the week, um, or maybe forever because you can't find them. 
So we need three stories of some of people who listen to the show, and I know they're out there, who have seen a hotel silent auction. And we need it from two additional states, not Phoenix or Washington, D.C., and nope. one of those states has to be in the Midwest. Yeah, we're I've talking seen in Philly, too. I said Phoenix, D.C., and Philly. They're not uh, counting you as a, as a person. Blame Hank. Yeah, blame me. He, he says that you're just doing this um, to agree with me. I very Which rarely agree with so I would yeah. say that's not true. That's a pretty good point. That's a pretty good point. Um, <clears throat> so there you go. We, someone help me out here. It can't be in Phoenix. No. What do you when uh, when do you come back from Montana? Sunday. 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 Damn. Yeah. So what's on the what's on the docket for the rest? Oh, so let's see. So we got in Sunday. Went straight from the airport up to the park. Went through all those crazy mountains up through the cloud. Then yesterday. By the way, that's a long drive from the airport to the park. Yeah. It, it, well, the problem was there was so much traffic. It was like an hour because of all the traffic. Um. But yeah, so then. Uh, oh, did you yesterday... find a different airport than we flew into? Oh yes. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah, bought tickets on time, so they were cheap. Or nice. maybe we're picky about dates before. I can't remember. But uh, yesterday blew a bunch of things up. Luckily, it's a rainforest, so that's totally fine. Um, today doing the podcast. Gonna go get a sandwich. Buffs are going to the Big Twelve, so I'm gonna do a podcast. Um, that's not official. That's a prediction. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday we got a boat. One to seven we got a boat, big pontoon boat out on the the lake. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, TBD. Probably a bunch of golf. All right. Last thing I have for you: describe college football realignment in one word. Fun. Oh, okay. I would have said dumb. Um, yeah, it, yeah, dumb works too. If I was still covering CU, I'd probably say dumb. But from the outside, it's like, oh, this is incredible. What's going to happen next? Someone had a really good point about the uh, how good the basketball of a basketball conference the Big Twelve would become if they get those six Pac twelve teams. It would be really solid. It'd be really solid. And the drama right now is it sounds like so Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, then Washington, Oregon. They were having those talks today, and CU has the meeting with the Board of Regents tonight, which. Seems like it could be relevant to all of this. Um, but we're just waiting to see if Washington and Oregon could get into the Big Ten. And they were rejected, but then the Big Ten said, maybe if Notre Dame comes, then we could find a way to work you guys in, too. What about um, CU? They, they would be so awesome if they made it there. And the Nebraska rivalry would be awesome. But like, right, the, the new media deal is paying out $90 million per school per year. And that means that if you're going to come in and take a slice of the pie, you better be contributing $90 million in media rights. And Colorado just isn't doing that right now. I mean, you're getting a How really big market. How many TVs will you buy? Yeah, I'll exactly. Buy so many TVs, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy so many Big Ten networks. And that's the thing. If you just had two more seasons in the last, like, five years where you were just – you had to run for something. Because, like, yeah. again, Denver will buy in. It's just that Denver is not going to pay a whole bunch of attention if you're not going to win. That's true of the Rockies, and that's true of the Nuggets and the Avs, and the Broncos even a little tiny bit. Um, but like they they jump on the bandwagon if if CU had been good, you just haven't gotten that to happen. Bandwagon. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's totally true. The, the main reason why I use the word dumb is because 
a thing that I did today was Google how many teams are currently in the Big 12. <laughs> so let's see. It was at it was at 14, but then Texas and Oklahoma leave to get down to 12, but then they bring in the four, so it's 16, plus potentially six more. So Big 20? I don't know. The answer when I Googled it today was 10. There are 10 teams in the Big 12 right now. Um, oh. But they, they, I assume that is including Texas and Oklahoma leaving. It would be. So was that, was that a, the magic number for a minute there? It must have been. Oh, yeah, because it was the Big 10 that was at 14. Big 12 was at 12. Big 10 was at 14. Yeah. Yeah, and then it went to, that went to 10. So Big 10 is not... Big the, 10's <laughs> at 16. The Big 10 asterisk. Yeah. Yeah. Not the very, actual Big the, 10. That's why this is also that dumb. That goes down to 10 and it's about to be 4, so... <laughs> but if you want more about uh, conference realignment, you can listen into Henry talk about it on the Buffs podcast later today. Um, but for today on the DNVR Broncos podcast, that is going to wrap it up for us. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.